Welcome to the Travelling Music Therapist podcast. My name is Yuki and I am a registered music therapist from Western Australia. Today I have made my way down to the Victorian College of Arts in Melbourne、um, at the Melbourne University and I have a very special guest today. Her name is Dr. Katrina McFerrin, and if you have done any sort of reading in music therapy in adolescents、um, and young adults, you probably would have come across her work. She's a well known academic and scholar in the field of music therapy. She's also the Associate Director of Research at the Melbourne University.、Um, so she's a very busy lady, but I am so excited that I have tracked her down for a podcast today. And、um, she's just such a big inspiration of mine. So I really do hope you. Enjoy this podcast. So, welcome to the Travelling Music Therapist. This is episode two,、um, and I am joined by Dr. Katrina McFerrin. So excited to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, maybe a bit about your professional career and what you're doing at the moment? Sure. Uh, so, at the moment, I'm head of music therapy at the University of Melbourne,、uh, and I've been doing that for the last few years since Denise Grokey became an emeritus professor, which means、yeah. she retired,、yeah. but is still magnificent. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> so, and our team here, I think we have about eight of us working in the music therapy team in the moment,、yeah. including lecturers and postdoctoral researchers. And I also head a group of PhD researchers,、yeah. and、uh, I think I have eight people doing PhDs、wow. with me at the minute, which is well, super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it's one of the best bits actually. Yeah. Yeah.、Um, and apart from that, the other thing I'm doing at the moment is、uh, I'm co editor in chief of the journal Voices,、yeah. a world forum for music therapy. So that's、mm. another big commitment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.、Mm. And、um, so you have a family. Can you tell、yeah. us a little bit about them? <laughs> yes, well, I've just got back from、yep. uh, five weeks in Europe with、yep. my two kids. That sounds amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> I hope you can't see it on the recording, but I do have a suntan、yep. sporting right now. So we are, my two kids are nine and 11. Liam's my big boy, and、uh, Imogen is my daughter,、yep. who's nine. And so we just had a decadent time、uh, swimming in the pool and eating loads of pasta and、yeah. soaking up Italian culture. Oh, wow. But they've <laughs> been,、um, yeah, they're a huge part of my life. So it's a、yeah. real juggle of、yeah. uh, different passions yeah, in my yeah, life. Absolutely.、Mm. You must be so busy.、Yeah. I don't know how you do it. And like, you can't <laughs> see it in this office, but there's actually a giant poster here.、Um, and it's a poster of I don't know how she does it, that movie, and with Kat's face. Um, Blast of, um, it on. Um, what's her, what's What is her name? They've covered、Which、it up. She?、Oh, she's the girl off Sex in the City. S-、uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. Yep. yes. Yep. Over SJP's face. I,、so. have, I have this fantasy when I look at this poster、yep. that when I am old and I have dementia,、yeah. I have this up and I go, gosh, my legs are all right. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got to keep on yeah. Yeah, to that poster.、Um, but we actually saw this poster in your office a few years ago when I was studying.、Yeah. And we were just in your office using that space to create a song. Oh, great. It was just one of those、um, quick things that Jason got us to do. Yeah. And we based it around you. And we called it, I don't know how she does it. I don't know if you've heard it.、Oh, no. Really? Oh, my goodness. I have to get Jason to send that through. So it was basically like, you know, you're an amazing, you know,、oh. um, you know passion field therapist as well as having an amazing career、um, oh. as an academic. And having children, and we were just like, I don't know how she does it. 
I do it with a lot of support. Yeah. You know, I really, mm. I, I love working in teams. Yeah. I'm not a solo player. Yeah. I find that anything I try to do just by myself, it just goes to the end of the line of mm-hmm. to-dos. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I think that women try to do things by themselves a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah. And think that they're responsible. And mm. I actually think that we're all working in partnership and... Yeah. And it's through collaborating with other people that that it looks like I'm doing a lot. We're (laughs) we're doing it. There's a lot of us Mm. doing all of this stuff. There's very little that I just do alone. Mm. Um, But I think music therapy in general just works so much better when you collaborate. Yeah. You know, uh, either in a multidis team or... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, And women are great at relationships too. That's the other thing. Not to say that men aren't. And certainly men who are in therapy uh, obviously have those skills as well. Yeah. But I've done a lot of women's development work Mm -hmm. over my life and more recently in leadership, women's leadership. And it really is this capacity that we bring both into music therapy because we've had an influence on the shape Mm -hmm. of our discipline because it is so female dominated. Yeah, yeah. And and into the ways that we work in other jobs too. Mm -hmm. And it's the way that we work with the participants in our programs. Yeah. You know, we don't go in and tell them what to do. We go in and we collaborate with them to discover what's needed in their lives. Mm. Wow. Um, So being such a busy woman and having your kids back at school now, Mm. can you just run me through an average day of Dr. Cat? (laughs) (laughs) How does your day start? (laughs) Uh, Well, I try to get up before the kids, which has been a bit of a challenge because my son's a bit of an early riser. Is he? Wow. Yeah, always has (laughs) been. He's introduced me to the early hours of the day. Yeah. Because uh, I try to do either some spiritual readings or some meditation or something before yep. the day begins. Mm. Uh, and then it's breakfast time and showers and getting lunches and, yep. you know, that's kind of 6.30 till 9 o'clock is yep. getting children organised mm-hmm. and dropping them to school. Yeah. And then I'm generally in meetings all day. I don't get any work done at work. <laughs> oh, I'm really? either teaching or in meetings <laughs> between 9.30 yep. and 3 on mm-hmm. an average day. Yeah. And then I leave to go pick him up from school. Yeah. And we do violin lessons and ska band and ballet oh, wow. and wow. the myriad football and yep. stuff <laughs> uh, until, uh, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And dinner, food in there too, sometimes on the road yep. between lessons and stuff. Yeah. And then when the kids go to sleep, that's when I usually... I manage to get a bit of emailing mm-hmm. done during the day. I try and stay a little bit on top, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then I try to do stuff at night. I do mm. a lot of administration at night. Yeah. And then on weekends, I kind of do conceptual work and yeah. writing. and, mm-hmm. and uh, But a lot of the meetings are where I manage the research projects that I'm running yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Because as I say, I work with people. Mm. So I don't do my own data collection, but I need to supervise the people mm-hmm. doing it. And I don't even do necessarily all the analysis. Yeah. So I need to then meet with people during the analysis. And I yeah. don't do the recruitment. And so, <laughs> so all the meetings are related to yeah. communicating and ensuring that all of the research projects are happening. Yeah. And I do teaching. Yeah. In wow. Well. How do you schedule all of that? Because there's so many things that you need to keep on top of. Mm. You must just have like a ginormous schedule book or like... Yeah. <laughs> and you know how you do it? I have a terrible memory, right? <laughs> <laughs> like a terrible, terrible memory. One of the worst memories, just for details. I remember mm-hmm. emotions and people, mm-hmm. but I don't remember people's names. I don't yeah. remember stuff mm-hmm. very well. <laughs> so I'm an excellent uh, planner mm-hmm. because I've had to be all my yeah. life. I've always had this memory. Mm-hmm. Perhaps my younger years didn't help some of my behaviours, <laughs> but uh, I've always been like that. So I've always organised things yeah. to help myself. Mm. And it, it has been amazing. I did read that fantastic book, um, 
the habits of highly effective people. Oh, yep, I mean, yep. I've read every self-personal development <laughs> book that exists and certainly around time management. Mm-hmm. But more recently, I've just developed a relationship with time which is very trusting yeah. and just kind of knowing that if, if you're on track to make your contribution in the way that you think you should, mm-hmm. that somehow uh, miracles happen yeah. and, and there's enough time. Yeah. And so I try not to say no to things which just seem really aligned with what I yeah. think I might be able to offer. Yeah, yeah. Like meeting with you today. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much. You were saying that it's your first day back at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the I first feel very minute. special. Yeah, for the first minute. I know, I caught you at the door. That's <laughs> no, fine. Um, yeah, so... Um, so you mentioned that you do a bit of reading and that mm. kind of thing. Is that, mm. I guess, your way of self-care? Yeah. Amongst your... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I a self-care so junkie. Yeah. <laughs> I had this well, loony cartoon yeah. up on my Facebook post for a while which said... Uh, uh, which is of his little character, Lunig being an Australian cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's of his little character reading a self-help book about people who are addic- addicted to self-help books. <laughs> <laughs> and that's me. <laughs> I am absolutely uh, mm-hmm. 100% all the time on self-help. And yeah. I've had loads of GIM therapy and stuff. And I've been yeah. divorced. So mm-hmm. I've been through some mega crap. Yeah. And so sorting through and learning, learning how to get something out of those experiences. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I run, I'm, I make sure that I get exercise in. Yeah. Sometimes wow. that, that happens after drop that, off. And if yeah, I don't yeah. have my first meeting until 11, yeah. then that's the day. If I, I schedule it in advance, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And I can get a run in after I drop the children to school. It's the most efficient time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you must do a really good job of all of that because you always look so fresh and always oh. fit. So, yeah, no, like that poster, I don't know how she does it. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, perfect. It's spot on. <laughs> It is yeah. funny. I do appreciate that they created that. It's so hysterical. Um, now, I'd like to ask you, how mm. did you find music therapy? How did you decide uh, that you wanted to have that as your career? Oh, I was so lucky. Mm-hmm. I um, uh, Because probably like nearly everybody, I was a musician and I didn't yeah. really want to be a teacher. Both my parents were teachers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was thinking I might be a social worker or something. And yeah. then uh, in my school, this, the Red Cross, this was in the 80s. Yeah. The Red Cross came to my school, which is out in the country, Ichuka, you know, mm-hmm. out Whoop Whoop in Victoria. Yeah. And um, they did a presentation. And one of the things they presented about was their music therapy service wow, in the 80s. Really? It was one of the only music therapy services wow. around. Do you know who was running that at the time? Faith, um, I forget her last name, but her name was Faith. Beautiful name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as it turns out, I was sitting up the back talking with my friends and didn't hear it, (laughs) but my mother was a teacher at my school and she heard it Mm -hmm. and uh, she (laughs) tapped me on the shoulder and told me to stop talking and uh, asked if I had noticed and it it just seemed perfect. So I did work experience a couple of times down in the big city and just went, yeah. So I Mm. came into music therapy when I was 17. Wow. And you could do it as a bachelor's degree. Yeah, back then, yeah. So I did a bachelor's degree. It's all I've ever done. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I took a year. I was a travel agent for a year because oh, I thought yeah. I was too young to be a therapist. Yeah. So I traveled for a year and then I was a travel agent for a year. Yeah. And then I was like, God, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Do you feel like those experiences sort of help? Do you sort of get into the music therapy degree? Uh, that was after I'd studied. Oh, and, after you studied. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually came out of the course thinking, God, I'm just, I'm not good enough for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm just, whatever. I oh, know, wow. I had some crisis. Yeah. And so I just kind of escaped into that. But ultimately, like everybody, like all of us, mm-hmm. I just love people and I love making music with people. And yeah. 
So going into an office and typing on a computer, uh, wearing, I had to wear this little shirt that had airplanes on it. It's a travel agent, and that was really what broke my back. <laughs> I cannot wear this shirt. It's too much. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, could you maybe share with me one sort of success story? Like I sort of, um, these are sort of stories that make you realize, um, you know, this is why I'm doing my job. And, you know, I'm sure mm. you've had a few of those along the way yeah. in your career. Yeah. Just those aha moments. <laughs> I guess one of the more powerful and complex ones was when I worked at the children's hospital on the adolescent ward. Mm-hmm. I worked a lot with young women who had eating disorders. Yeah. And I did a lot of songwriting. Mm-hmm. I wrote so many R&B songs in those years. <laughs> I could have killed myself in the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but luckily that is my favourite genre, so yeah. it wasn't totally disastrous. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I was just stunned by how these women who were so tightly controlled and so holding off a dear life and not giving anything away, mm-hmm. and yet through songwriting they gave themselves the freedom to really express where they were at. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was constantly moving But I do also remember somebody did an evaluation at one point and one of the women who I'd worked with said, actually, I never meant to disclose that stuff. Mm -hmm. And and I felt afterwards like I'd been manipulated. And so that just also really taught me, like, my God, you know, it is powerful, Mm -hmm. but to be really careful with the power of music. Yeah, yes. I mean, songwriting is such an extraordinary... People really give so Mm -hmm. much to a song. Mm And especially vulnerable young people who perhaps don't have tons of insight into what's going on. Mm, yeah. Uh, they do often disclose much more than they've ever put out anywhere before. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, like, that's my greatest success, but I just... I guess my career has been about going, you know, what we do is fantastic, but we really need to understand the boundaries and yes, we really yeah. need to understand when it's healthy and when it's unhealthy. Mm, I wanted to ask you about that. So mm. you um, are doing a bit of research around the healthy and unhealthy uses of music. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I think that's something that we sort of need to maybe get to the bottom of mm. a little bit. Um, you know, music, I think everyone uses music to self-medicate at times. And exactly. Yeah, so how is that research going? So you've been oh, doing that good. for a few years now. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm like the negative Nancy of music <laughs> therapy at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're all proving how effective it is and I'm just sending warnings yeah. out. Like, just be, be careful, people. No, no, I think it's definitely necessary to have that at the back of your mind or not really at the back of your mind you know that, mm. but really thinking about it all mm. the time in your practice because um yeah you sort of don't want to go overboard and <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you say that mm. I don't think that was in our consciousness I think we yeah. were so busy as a discipline proving ourselves mm-hmm. yeah particularly in Australia with our humanistic approach yes you know if we're working in the middle of Europe and it's all psychoanalytic and you know, then they're, mm. they're absolutely noticing every unconscious gesture towards yeah. uh, unhealthiness. But I think in Australia, we've been so positive mm-hmm. that we were actually reinforcing some pathology. So yeah. in particular, what I found with young people uh, is that there is this tendency to ruminate mm-hmm. and to intensify negative yeah. mood states using music. Mm. And my theory at the moment is that it doesn't take much to raise young people's consciousness about that yeah. and then they know and then they're less likely to do it or they'll do it more consciously and then that's their choice. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, so that's, at the moment we're designing this program that we're trying to roll out in um, early intervention in mental health services. Yeah, yeah. Where we think that just having three sessions 
of talking through sort of healthy and unhealthy uses and making yeah. playlists mm-hmm. might be sufficient to actually change what they do with music, which mm-hmm. might be sufficient to actually impact their mental health because yeah. they could turn it into a resource rather than what might have unconsciously been uh, pathologising them. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, interesting. So that's sort of targeted at um, early teens? Yeah. Sort of We've had a look at it in schools, mm-hmm. uh, but because I need to focus on research, it's been too hard to get any results. Yeah. Because people <laughs> in schools are, are coping. Mm. So they're not kind of... You can't score them negatively to begin. Like, they don't come yeah. up on scales as being mostly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, therefore, you can't get any measurable change. Yeah, <laughs> sort yeah. Of got, sort of ceiling on it straight away. They're already at the top of the scales. Mm. So, uh, I've, I've taken it into mental health. And they're both my interest areas. And I've had yeah, PhDs. Yeah. So, Carmen Chong-Clinch mm-hmm. did a PhD with me. And Cherry Hentz did a PhD with me. And yeah. both and of them work in those. And physician. she's on a postdoc with me now, yeah, too. Yeah. She's the one who's running that project. Mm. early intervention yeah no, I have a few friends who are her associates oh good yeah oh good yeah yeah it's exciting mm. Mm. yeah no it's very exciting stuff and I do think that it's something that we'd need to be a little bit more aware of I'm so pleased mm. good yeah anyway that's my <laughs> feelings about it yeah well that's what it's about yeah yeah absolutely um but um thank you so much for talking to me I think we might have to wrap it up pretty soon um where can they find you, Kat, if um, anyone had any questions for you or anything? Sure. Like well, uh, I can always be reached via the hundreds of emails mm-hmm. I receive each day, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. as I did from yesterday. Yeah. So I do respond. Sometimes you get you lucky. Do. I know. Other times that they accidentally slip by, uh, no offence intended. But, you know, another way to connect is we're just about to launch a MOOC, a massive open mm-hmm. online course. Oh, wow. Uh, run through Coursera, mm. uh, which is a company in the States, but who manages a lot of the highest quality MOOCs, mm. and it's called How Music Can Change Your Life. Yeah. And we're looking to spread the word about the MOOC. comes out yeah. on the 29th of August, launching, and it's got... Oh, that's my mm. day after my wedding. Oh, <laughs> my I'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll like, yeah, I'm just going to mark it this yeah. week. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> but that's meant to be a consciousness raising exercise. It's, mm-hmm. I've got experts from all around the world doing podcasts and interviews, and we've got on location footage. And yeah. we just launched a special edition of Voices where yeah. 12 experts have written academic yes. papers. Yeah, and mm. <gasps> so exciting. It's going to mm. be the most fantastic MOOC. And I'm hoping that tens of thousands of people will enroll mm. and become aware of the ways that music can be used therapeutically become yeah. aware of our pre- profession's existence maybe mm. be interested in it themselves yeah. maybe be interested in bringing it into their world yeah. or may actually be able to help themselves mm-hmm. so joining in on that community yeah. um i'll be there too Great. i'll be yeah, spending I'll a be... bit of time in that space oh good yeah no i'll be spreading it on twitter and <laughs> all of you. my social media bits and pieces that i do yeah but yeah no since i've been in melbourne though my phone's just sort of decided that um instagram and twitter aren't going to work for me it's just been like constantly on that updating like little circle oh Got, yeah, I know. And like, I'm having a great time here, but apparently my phone's like, no, no, you're not allowed to tell the world. Oh! <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah. I, I feel, mm, What's that about? I don't know. Yeah. So once that's all sorted, I'll be, you know, posting everything Tweet up. Tweet away. Yeah, we'll thank be tweeting you. away. And thank you um, for all that you're doing too. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> it's really important. You know, we've had such a wonderful group of you guys coming through in our blended mm. learning program. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing to have spread out all over Australia. I know. We have have so much interest in WA. I don't know if I told you, but I, um, I'm the state rep of WA at the moment. Great. And um, I organised a student info session. Yeah. Um, how long? Maybe about two months ago. Okay. 
And it was at one of the major universities where they have a great music program there. Oh, yeah, and we had about 40 students attending. Um, and Ooh. I had an attendance sheet, uh, which I got them to all fill out if they were there, so I can send it to you guys, just yeah, so you, yeah, just so you knew who attended and that mm. kind of thing. But at the end of the info session, um, I told them, you know, please write your name down, just so I can let um, Melbourne mm. Uni know. I literally had students running to put their name down on the list. Gosh. Yeah, so I think I have about 35 names, and they are Holy all dead hell. serious, dead serious. So. You know, you will expect a few people from WA wow. applying in the next few years. Um, well, yeah. which means we really need to get going on job creation too, yes. because yeah. we're expanding the course and intentionally expanding the course at the moment, having mm -hmm. to change all our pedagogical thinking. Yeah. But uh, and in in lieu with that. Yeah. We recognise that we also need to be creating, really targeting job creation yeah. as a part of that. That we can't mm. create graduates and That's not right. put effort into that. So yeah. we're trying to be simultaneously, mm. we're working through exposure about music therapy and the MOOC is one of those strategies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we need to do job creation in mm. WA because it's a challenge then to find supervisors for all those That's enthusiastic, right. wonderful yes. students. Mm. So um, that's really where we're going. So we need you to stay in WA, yeah. actually, <laughs> and be a supervisor. Yeah, well, um, you know, that's would that would be ideal for me. Mm, um, mm. And just being able to see music therapy grow in WA would be wonderful. Would be wonderful. You know, that's why I've got all of my little social media bits and pieces it just to spread great. the word. And um, we have plans to have, like, an info session for other allied health professionals as well as um, stuff with the NDIA Yes. Um, over in WA. So yes. they're pretty keen to get us in um, just to have a chat because oh, um, I read your thing that you wrote. My conversation. Yes. I was yeah. a bit frustrated. How's it been over there? Well, um, I think it's possibly quite similar to yeah, what right. it is over here. Um, planners don't quite know, uh, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. um, so we're trying to get our footy in the door with the PD events for their planners. Oh, great. So they have them every few weeks, I think. Um, so we're trying to get in like a little music therapy seminar thing Fantastic. going. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's very variable depending on the planner. I just yes. had an email from somebody yesterday who has multiples, whose partner has multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm in the ACT, Australian Capital Territory, yep. and uh, they said that the planners had said to them, you'll need to give us evidence of the benefit of music therapy oh my and sent them off to get the research <laughs> yeah. to, in order to prove that they should be allowed to put music therapy on their plan. But it's an NDA-approved therapy. Yeah, so so that's we've got a bit of work to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I do think that getting into systems like that and the MBS, so mm -hmm. Cherry is also working on it. So we're working very hard with the National Disability Insurance Scheme yeah, yeah. and doing research and writing the white paper and, and we're doing more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're also trying to get in with the mental health benefits mm -hmm. uh, scheme because we're not that listed be... in that one. Oh, wow. And yeah. we, this is the way that the Australian context seems to be moving. Mm -hmm. So Cherry's doing some great work for us just initially scoping that out, whereas we've got... Uh, Chu Young Lee and um, Melissa Murphy have been doing a lot yeah. of work in the NDIS yeah. disability space. No, that's wonderful. But yeah. I think it's a great system. Yeah. Um, as long as it works, you know, in yes. our favour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Melissa Murphy is mm -hmm. doing her PhD on that at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, has really brought her head into the social model of disability and mm -hmm. there's a lot for us to be concerned about, but the ideals of the new scheme are so mm -hmm. much... Uh, where we need to be going, yeah, you know, yeah. seeing people with disabilities as people who have challenges with access because mm -hmm. of societal stereotypes yeah. about what they can and can't do, rather than us as experts who are going to fix people with disabilities. Yes. Yeah. 
So uh, it's a big move mm -hmm. for our profession. Yes. But I think we're going to get yeah, Very exciting times to mm. be a music therapist, I think, in Australia. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, but thank you so much, um, Kat, for being on, um, my, on my podcast. Um, but I will put in um, Kat's email in the show notes as well. Um, and a link to the MOOC. And the link to the I'm MOOC. I'm a bit definitely. excited about the MOOC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, definitely a link to the MOOC. Um, yeah, so keep your eyes open on my Twitter. So that's um, at emptynow underscore Yuki. Um, but you can always find me on Facebook as well, which I'm sure I will be sharing all of this on. Um, that, so you can just search Music Therapy now. And oh, please go um, search on my YouTube channel as well. That's also called Music Therapy now. Um, lots of interesting things to be um, put up on there as well. There is. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye.